Hi, welcome to the Lima Reads podcast. This is where you can hear from Lima Public Library staff about our all-time favorite authors and stories and what we're currently reading. You may also hear news about the library and our community. Hi everyone, this is Danny, and I am recording from the comfort of my home. Um, please know that everyone at the Lima Public Library hopes that you are well and that you are and your family are getting through this public health crisis um, with a lot of books and movies and entertainment and and that you are are all doing well. We can't wait to see you again at the library. But for now, we hope to stay in touch with you. So check our Facebook page. Um, we've got some great resources that we're posting there every day. And you can join our virtual book discussion group and, um, and enjoy some of the content that we're sharing with you. This being one of those pieces of content. So um, I don't know about you, but when I am facing a crisis or any kind of stress in my life, I like to retreat back to some of the stories that that comfort me the most and uh, will take me out of my own headspace and give me some relief from that stress for just a little while. If you know me at all, or if you've listened to this podcast um, before, you'll know that one of my favorite retreats is Jane Austen. And so um, there was a new movie that was released in theaters that I had promised myself that I would go to the theater and see um, because it's a new adaptation of Jane Austen's Emma and uh, it has some great actors in it Bill Nye in particular I was excited to see and uh, I had promised myself like I said to go and see it in theaters but unfortunately I didn't get to make it to the theater um, before before they were closed down and so I was very excited uh, when I saw on Amazon that I could rent it for uh, for a bit and uh, and enjoy it from my home. I think that was really smart on the part of those studios to, to make that available because there's so many films out there that people wanted to see and they've got the time to see them. So I think it was great to make that, that release. I spent a little more on renting it to enjoy in my home than I would have if I had gone to the movie theater, but because it was something that I was so looking forward to, I was okay with that. And so I I settled down and I'm predisposed to, to like this. It's got actors that I enjoy. Um, I didn't look at the previews very closely because I didn't need to. I, I know the story. Um, it it looked good from from the few pictures I saw of the the scenery, but I'm predisposed to like any adaptation of Jane Austen. So I, I settled in, I was very excited, and um, and I have to say within the first couple of minutes, I was left a bit confused. So one of the first scenes, um, and, and truly within the first 10 minutes of the film, um, the scene was so choreographed and so stiff um, it, it was obviously rehearsed to, to the millisecond, um, the, the choreography. And so I felt like the cast was about to break out in song, which I'm not opposed to musicals, but it wasn't what I was expecting. But then the song never happened. The dance never happened. It was just a highly choreographed scene, um, that, that didn't lead anywhere. And I was very confused by that, but Still, I'm predisposed to like anything Austin, so I thought maybe that's just a little quirky thing. And um, 
and really the film settled down from there. It wasn't quite so so choreographed and uh, a stiff from that moment, but I have to say that that did set the scene for at least one character. Jane Austen's heroines are meant to be flawed. Every single one of them has their flaws, as we all do, um, but they are meant to be lovable. And the works themselves are meant to be highly approachable and uh, not standoffish at all. And I felt that this adaptation of, of the character Emma in particular was very standoffish and condescending and not at all uh, the way that Austen would have envisioned her. Um, so if you're not very familiar with the story, Emma is a young woman who is at the pinnacle of her social set in a small town of Highbury. And she, uh, in, in the original work, she's very social and outgoing and gracious. And she rolls her eyes at the silliness of her neighbors, but to their faces, she's sweet and thoughtful and, and approachable. Um, she has her foibles, of course, and uh, throughout the story, you get to see some moments where she behaves not the way that she should, um, but but overall, she's she's a likable person, uh, one of the friendliest that, that Austen wrote. And in this adaptation, you don't get that. You get a young woman who knows that she is important and is condescending to everyone around her. While what she says is correct to her neighbors, she says it in such a way that you can't possibly be at, a, at any questioning that she is, is cold towards them. And there's no way that any of them would think anything else but that she is cold and distant and unapproachable. So it, w it was hard for me to get through this one because it was not a main character that I would like in person, even though I think the, the Emma that Jane Austen wrote initially is someone that I could get along with. This particular adaptation, no. Uh, she, was, she was too cold and, um, and not at all the way that I think that Jane Austen probably intended her to be portrayed, which was very disappointing. But this was also, I mean, the, the whole thing left me questioning um, some decisions that the, the director must have been making. Um, the storyline and the way that it was pieced down, of course, any time that you take a, a great work of literature and try to condense it down to a movie format, you're trying to cram in all of these details and points of interest into this short time period, and so some things have to be cut. And I'm not overly particular on that, I, I think it's necessary so that you can enjoy the story and there's a lot of content that can be cut out while still making the the storyline intact and and feel real in this i think that they cut out some things that they shouldn't have and i think they focused on certain things that they could have spent less time on and so i don't know it was just it was a reversal uh the things that I, I think that they should have spent more time on was probably the relationship between Emma and her her protagonist, uh, ma leading male character, Mr. Knightley. 
Um, so the story arc is that is that of course they are the main couple. The primary objective is that they reach their happily ever ever after at the end of this story. But they've known each other their whole lives, and Mr. Knightley kind of serves as Emma's conscience. He corrects her when she's doing something silly, and he tries to make her better herself or want to better herself. Um, but aside from all of that, there are these uh, witty jabs at each other, and they're just on very friendly terms overall, and um, and they are friends. First and foremost, they are friends. And in this adaptation, you don't get to see that almost at all. Uh, like I said, Emma is just too cold. And Mr. Knightley doesn't have many scenes in which he gets to say anything more than his corrections of Emma. He doesn't get to be anything but critical of her. And so I think it stretches believability that these two characters fall in love at the end of the story. And it feels forced. It really does. There are some good scenes. The, the, the leading actors certainly have the chemistry to make it work. But it was forced. Um... And so I was very disappointed with this adaptation. The The scenery is beautiful. Everything is lovely. I, I really enjoyed the music, actually, um, for, for the soundtrack. But it, it's definitely not my favorite adaptation. I encourage you, if you haven't seen it yet, to see it um, when it becomes available. We'll certainly have it at the library. Um, and make, make up your own mind about it. You may feel differently from me, particularly if you haven't read the original story and if you haven't seen any of the ad other adaptations, you might have a completely different outlook than I do. Um, but as it is, I was disappointed. And that's hard to do for me. I I'm really predisposed to like any adaptation of Jane Austen and this one just, I think, really fell short um, for me. So this got me off on... But, but I really like the story. I know that I've liked the story, and I know that I've liked other adaptations. So I went hunting for some of the other adaptations that I've liked over the years. And of course, um, the, the one that I adore the most was done several years ago now by the BBC. It was done as a miniseries. So of course, they have much more time to work with, and you get to see more character development, and, and the story arc can have more of those little details and not cut so much out of out of the original script that that they're working with out of the original story. So that is the creme de la creme of adaptations as far as I'm concerned. But if you're comparing movie to movie, um, and you almost are exactly time-wise between the 2020 version and uh, the 1996 adaptation that stars Gwyneth Paltrow, they they take almost the exact same time. Um, but are worlds apart as far as as the stories go. I think Gwyneth Paltrow does a fantastic job of playing Emma. She's uh, open and funny and uh, sweet to all of her neighbors. She's got some of that eye-rolling going on in the background when they're being particularly silly, um, but she's not malicious in any way, and she doesn't hold herself so high above anyone, at, at least not in her very specific social circle that she's unapproachable um and and i think that the the story overall in that adaptation focused more on on the character building than on some of the smaller details 
that that this 2020 version seemed to harp on. So if you're looking for for more apples to apples comparison, I would say that the 1996 Gwyneth Paltrow adaptation is is the one that I would prefer, um, particularly if you've never seen the uh, the or never read the original Jane Austen work, that I would point you towards the Gwyneth Paltrow version as as a more authoritative um, version. So anyway, I was very disappointed with the 2020 version, and I would suggest that you look at the 1996. Uh, it's available through Hoopla, so if you um, have Hoopla, you can, you can actually connect it to any smart TV. You can set the app up so that you can watch uh, movies on, on the bigger screen. It doesn't have to be on a tablet or a smartphone. But it's available there, so if you're looking for something to, to watch and enjoy, I'd highly recommend it. Um, and that brings me to another adaptation, actually, that, that I saw recently. Um, but we'll certainly have it in the library when we reopen. And that is a fairly new adaptation called Sanditon. Now, Sanditon is Jane Austen's unfinished novel. She started writing it just before her death and uh, only got a few chapters into the story before she became too ill to continue. So I've actually never read the original chapters from her. There's something about an unfinished work that I just can't bring myself to do it. I need to, to have that full story arc, that full character development to, to even contemplate getting into a story. I don't want to invest my time in something that's not that's not complete. So, so I've never looked at Sanditon, um, but I saw the adaptation and it looked gorgeous from the previews and it's got some actors that I really enjoy. And so I thought to myself, well, if they've made it into a TV series, they have to have added more content and really rounded it out. And I thought when I began watching it that, that this was going to be just one se season, that it was the whole story arc would be finished in one season. And I think they could have done it that way, and I would have preferred it if they had done it that way. Um, but it turns out that they had actually planned more seasons, and right now there's some question as to whether or not that second season will be created, and I'm on tenterhooks right now, uh, hoping that it will be. So the story of Sanditon, if you're not familiar, uh, a young woman is taken to the seaside town of Sanditon by some friends, and those friends are entrepreneurs. They're trying to establish this town as uh, the next seaside resort for the nobility and gentry of England. And they're running into some problems. Um, of course, this story has some other interesting characters. Some silly ones, of course, but also other interesting characters who have their own story arc within the larger arc. And, and I think that those characters are really interesting in this one and... And the direction that this adaptation was taking the story, I was very interested in, in each of those arcs. I really wanted to see what happened. I got invested in each of those characters and their own, their own side story. Um, so she's in the seaside resort and they are uh, trying to build it up and running into problems. And of course, uh, her story arc revolves around um, a gentleman who is the brother of the people that she's staying with, and he is the guardian of a very notable Austin character 
the first black main character in any Austen novel. And she's actually been portrayed as a, um, as an heiress. She's been transplanted from her home after her father's death. She's resentful to be in this town. She doesn't want to be there. She doesn't like her guardian. Um, she, she's not only stared at because of the color of her skin and being unusual in that area, but also, I mean, she's on the outside of society because she's so wealthy. So she can't trust anyone to be her friend just for herself. Um, she's always got to be aware that people are trying to get in her good graces because she's got money. So I was really invested in that character and, um, and really wanted to see where they went with that. Um, at the point, at, at the end of season one, I, uh, I mean, there were some good things about it. There were, there were other things that I think, think could have been changed, but, but it was interesting to see the development there. Uh, so as I said, the, uh, what I thought was the, going to be the end of the full story, um, was rather abruptly and rudely not, certainly not the end of, of an Austin story. Um, we, we leave the season with uh, the heroine being separated from who we know she'll, she's destined to be with and have her happily ever after. But it was done abruptly up until that very last episode in the last couple of minutes, in fact, I thought that everything was going to be wrapped up nice and tidily and, and that would be the end of the story. And it just doesn't work out that way. And I mean, I honestly, the end credits were rolling and I was like, what? That can't be the end. What? Am I missing an episode? What's going on here? Um, so I was really uh, palpably upset. And that right there is the mark of a good story one that you are so wrapped up in um, that that you're outraged <laughs> that it hasn't ended the way that you want or, or hasn't ended the way that you thought that it would. Um, so I really enjoyed it. It was great. Uh, I do hope fervently that they uh, find the funding to continue with season two. I think it's a great project and I'm excited to see where they take it. Um, so those are two Austin things that I think uh, wanted to talk about. Like I said, it's, it's kind of comfort reading for me or comfort watching rather, I guess for me. And, uh, I hope that you have something similar, something that, that you can turn to whenever, uh, you're feeling stressed out and that takes you outside of your headspace for a little while and, and, um, gets you right again. Uh, share with me in the comments what that might be. I'm so interested to hear. And like I said, we hope that you're doing well and that you stay well. And we can't wait to see you again at the library. Thanks for listening to Lima Reads. Keep the conversation going by commenting on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Lima Public Library. 